This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. You're listening to the Church Boys Free Fall Q&A. It's Billy Hollowell here with the Church Boys, and I have my co-host, Chris Field. And we have a special guest today who um, has been getting a little bit of attention this week with the whole Planned Parenthood video. Um, I don't even want to call it a debacle. I guess it's just it's a very disturbing series of videos that we now have had the seventh one of those videos released this week, um, you know, allegedly showcasing the sale of fetal parts and um, really showing, I think, above all else, what goes on with abortion and inside clinics in this country. Uh, we have Dr. Teresa Deicher with us today. How you doing, doctor? I'm very well, thank you. Well, we wanted to have you on. I know you did an interview earlier this week with, with Breitbart, and it's gotten a lot of attention talking about some of, of these issues. Um, and then the Center for Medical Progress, obviously, which is the group that's been putting these videos out. I was just going to ask you first and foremost, how did you end up coming in contact with the Center for Medical Progress? David Delayden phoned me approximately four years ago. Uh, I would uh, guesstimate about four years ago. And he had either heard me speak or had read an article about my organization and our mission to create moral alternatives um, so that no no one would ever feel compelled, coerced, or justified in exploiting another human being for medical progress. So uh, David contacted me because he was not aware of the trafficking in uh, fetal body parts and um, you know, over a period of time, I spoke with him on many occasions to explain the science, uh, you know, how, how tra- to translate from scientific terms into layman's terms what is publicly available out there in scientific articles about how they use this tissue and, and what they require. And, um, you know, to, to just talk about how biotechnology and biomedical research works and one of the things that um that you've been famous for is is uh stem cell research right uh for adult stem cells is that correct that is correct i was one of the plaintiffs in the shirley versus sebelius federal lawsuit that temporarily and very successfully halted embryonic stem cell funding and what that lawsuit did although in the end, after several years, we lost at the Supreme Court. But the uh, uncertainty that that lawsuit created pushed, forced, allowed scientists to focus on adult stem cells and to refuse to do embryonic stem cell research. And as a result, we have over 14 approved adult stem cell products in the United States now and hundreds of clinical trials wow. in a myriad of diseases that are going on. Right. And scientists seem to have uh, found their ethics during that uh, embryonic stem cell embargo. And the Washington Post actually even carried that as a headline. 
wow. in December of 2013. Scientists go ethical in 2013. Hmm. So. so, do you think? And and before, and I, I have a million other questions about you know the Center for Medical Progress that I wanted to ask you about. But you know, from your perspective, is there a need to use embryonic stem cells at all? I mean, is this something like? And when I say need, are there certain things that could be cured with them that couldn't be cured or treated with other forms of stem cells like adult adult stem cells? No, there's no need uh, in in any situation to use embryonic stem cells. They are not useful clinically because they are so primitive. They spontaneously and naturally form tumors, hmm. and that characteristic cannot be eliminated from them. And then additionally, they cause immune responses in the recipient because they're not the recipient's cells. And they're outrageously expensive. So, wh- what about veterinarians have been using stem cells for a long time, and they use adult stem cells. So, if what you asked the vet, why don't you use dog embryonic stem cells? They would tell you, well, because they form tumors, they cause immune rejection, and they're outrageously expensive. And adult stem cells are safe and affordable, and they work. And, and let me ask another science-ish question. I'm not the smart one here, but what about the, the like we, we had the discussion and the debate about um, cord blood, you know, that people can donate that for research. Is there is that still a viable option, too, for stem cells? Wasn't there something about that uh, from, from getting stuff from the afterbirth? Well, certainly uh, stem cells from the umbilical cord blood as well as from the umbilicus itself are very valuable, very useful stem cells. Okay. And uh, it would be nice to see more people donating the umbilical cord blood. It's also important that we make sure that the umbilical cord blood is taken in a manner that is uh, in the best interest of the baby and not in the best interest of getting maximum amount of cord blood. So even though no one is harmed or certainly not killed in this process, we also need to make sure that as we're taking this material, that the, the safety and the health of that baby is, is utmost right. I rather just, than our yield. I just, I just wanted to ask that because I didn't want people to hear you say fetal stem cells are now are no good, which I can understand that, and then have them confuse that with the cord blood and afterbirth stuff that, that does get donated. So still continue to donate the cord blood stem cells but not the, we don't want the fetal stem cells. And, you know, I, and I want to just go back a little bit because I think, so you, about four years ago, you started talking with the Center for Medical Progress and did they consult throughout the process? Because I know a, a lot of what we've seen in the videos so far in the seven that have been released has been content that was filmed in either 2014 or 2015. So I know this has been a plan that's been in the making for, for quite a while. Um, were you involved throughout that four, throughout that four-year process of taping and filming? You know, I spoke to David Delighton throughout the years regularly. I was not involved with the Center for Medical Progress. Okay. All right. I I I served as an advisor and as a scientist from reading the papers. I told them what they should be looking for, okay? But David Delighton, when we first came in contact, he hadn't formed this group yet. He wanted to form this group. Okay. And 
obviously he's been uh, very successful. But I was not involved with the filming or the editing. I, you know, just advised David about what is out there, what is publicly known, you know, the the techniques they describe in papers, non-scientists wouldn't know how they were actually done or what that means. So just to to make them aware of, um, you know, how the material was being described, how its harvest was being described, and most importantly were my suspicions that some of these babies were alive when they were harvested. Well, did you, now the seventh video features um, Holly O'Donnell, the woman who's been in a couple of the documentary pieces they've done. I I think they've done three of these documentary pieces of the seven. And she talked about um, seeing this fully intact, um, you know, baby, this fully intact fetus where her coworker had basically tapped the heart and the heart had started beating again. That was the way she described it. Um, And then how she then was procuring brain tissue and she didn't talk about the heart no longer beating. She talked about the heart continuing to beat while that was happening. And so it was very interesting for that video to come out today. And then to see your comments to Breitbart, um, where you said it may be possible that these babies were alive, um, or that these babies are alive when their, when their hearts are taken out. Um, when, when you said that, you know, you, you mentioned papers. Is that basically where a lot of that is, is based? Have you ever heard from any other doctors that that might be a way in which this is done? Scientists doing research on fetal heart muscle describe the optimal tissue and the uh, procurement parameters. And they, they state in their papers that gestational age of greater than 20 weeks is optimal. Uh, just to put that into perspective for people, 22 to 23 weeks, a um, premature baby would survive. And mm-hmm. with you know our medical progress, be largely normal as they grow up. I have friends who have a beautiful young boy who was a 23-week premature baby. So fetal uh, gestational age of 20 weeks or beyond is uh, preferable. And they describe the necessity to have the heart, and, and it's not just have the heart. They, you know, have to flush all the blood out and clean it up and everything. I imagine this is necessary. I know it. I know it is working with you know animal hearts before they put the baby's heart in the digestion buffers, and you just can't do that if. You know, the baby has been killed in utero and then pulled. I mean, just think of that timing. So because of that necessity, I have suspected for years that in some instances, um, you know, these babies are alive when they are dissected and harvested. Well, wouldn't that make sense also? Sorry. Well, I just want to also point out, at that gestational age, you know, those babies can clearly feel pain. We know that. Right. So wouldn't that, wouldn't that also fit in with, like, in, the, in one of the first videos that came out, maybe the first one where they're having, they're talking to this woman from Planned Parenthood, and she's eating her salad and talking nonchalantly about all of this. There's a discussion about, a discussion about is it a di, digoxin? Digoxin? How, how do you pronounce that? Do you know? The poison. Digoxin. Yeah. So she says we don't give the di that poison because it renders the the tissue useless right so wouldn't it normally wouldn't that lead 
just about any thinking person to believe that the baby is indeed alive when it's uh, taken from the womb and then and cut up? When she describes um, the, you know, turning the babies for presentation so that they can get intact calvarium, you know, it sounds to me like she's describing partial birth abortion, right? Because the head has to be delivered out of the mother in order to, you know, get that intact right. calvarium, or calos, you know, calvarium, the, the uh, bone in the, in the baby's head. Um, so even then, you know, there are some pretty gruesome details that are provided. And there may be laws in some states where if the baby's head is out of the birth canal, it's considered a born right. infant. I don't know the laws. You know, we focus on the science. And while these videos are gruesome, right, people are going to, to um, believe the lie they've been fed, that this is necessary and required. Mm-hmm. And when, when people have a loved one who's severely ill, that emotions take hold, and they, you know, will overlook the morality and the horror of this, in desperation to treat their loved ones. We absolutely have to have alternatives. Mm-hmm. That's the focus of my group, right? We had lots of public awareness groups out there. We have lots of groups worrying about the law, but there wasn't anyone mm-hmm. trying to stop this by making better materials mm-hmm. so that no one could say we need this. So. That's our focus. I can't discuss the laws of every country, but I can certainly tell you about the progress that we're making to to, re, to eliminate these horrible practices. And the exploitation of aborted babies is, is only one of the atrocities going on mm-hmm. to support medical research and medical progress. And it's certainly not progress at all. How well, and if there's profit in this, I mean, if this is being done for profit, which is the... Uh, allegation that has been continually uttered throughout the release of these seven videos. Well, you're talking about something else really even more complicated because people like you are trying to do work without having to destroy life in the process. But if there's a monetary value to having, um, you know, tissue and organs, then it's going to be really difficult uh, without some illegal mech or, you know, without using the law to stop people from trying to make that, that money. Now, I, I think watching the videos and you watch the unedited videos, people can have a debate about whether or not they think the sale is actually going on. It does seem like they are talking about changing the price of different organs and things like that. But one of the things that you just pointed to that I think is very interesting and and some of the uh, people we've spoken with, some of the experts who have concerns about this have said, you know, one of the other big issues is that they're changing. And you mentioned the partial, it sounds like partial birth abortion. They're changing the way in which they deliver these babies in an effort to procure certain tissues and organs, which seems to violate what they should be doing, which is, I mean, when you go to get an abortion, you're going to get an abortion and that's what you're there to do. They're amending the process. What are your thoughts on on that? You know, should doctors be changing a process like that just to procure tissue? Absolutely not, because they're not taking the the woman's um, best health interest into consideration when they do that. So ethically, I think that 
absolutely wrong. But, you know, illegal or legal, what is being done is beneath a civilized society. And despite the fact that under Bill Clinton, uh, Congress made it legal to do research on aborted fetal body parts. And the requirement was that they not be sold, right? So companies just charge very high shipping and handling fees. They're making a lot of money. Whether this is legal or illegal, it's wrong. It's absolutely horrible. It's beneath our human dignity. And we do not need to do this. It is an untruth that this material is needed. There are better, safer, and moral alternatives for all of these suspect tissues. So what are, what are the alternatives? The alternatives in using aborted fetuses would be to do studies in animals. We also have so much scientific knowledge that a great deal of biologic simulation can be done through computer modeling. Why do they believe that this is so valuable? I think that that's then the key, you know, and that's been one of the things that has come up. People are just so confused. Well, why would Planned Parenthood, even if they were only donating and not selling, why would they be doing it? What do you think has led scientists and doctors to believe, um, at least some scientists and doctors, that this is the way to progress in research? I think that there are several things in play. One of the factors is the uh, radical animal rights movement who would have us doing research on human babies instead of doing any research on animals. That's one. And the second is the the use of the aborted steel material is more convenient to a scientist than to obtain consented material from an adult or to work with animals. So just as an example, why do to scientists want the fetal liver? In the, the ba- during development, when the baby is in its mother's womb, blood cell formation occurs in the liver, not in the bone marrow like it does after we're born. Mm. Okay? So instead of having to go and find an adult bone marrow donor and someone to take the bone marrow do- donation from that adult, and then the scientists would have to wait around to process the material, they can schedule delivery of fetal liver and do studies on blood cell formation. It's, it's one of convenience, hmm. but it is not necessary, nor is it required. And much of that research, I would say, those results would even be suspect. Because the way the adult body works and the growth factors and proteins that the adult body uses are very different than fetal proteins and fetal processes. But it's easier for the scientists, and um, that's why they would go go with it. Hmm. Well, you know, I just the the entire thing is fascinating and disturbing all at the same time. And I think, you know, what these videos have done is they've they've opened a debate and a discussion about all of the things you're talking about. But then I think just abortion in itself, I think a lot of people's eyes are being open to this. What what has been the most surprising thing to you having talked with David years ago and now seeing the impact of these videos? What has what has surprised you or stunned you the most? I am 
stunned, but perhaps not surprised on the fact that Planned Parenthood was penetrated so deeply. And I think that it speaks to the absolute arrogance of the organization, particularly after Lila Rose's live-action videos. They are so arrogant that either they thought they were impenetrable or they believe they are so powerful that nothing can bring them down. And so, therefore, they wouldn't care, and then they would not be careful. Well, don't you, don't you think that they may be proven right? I hope not. I hope that the outrage over these videos does not die down. One huge demonstration is not going to scare them. Right. What is going to get their attention is a demonstration every week until they, until they stop. And not only do we need to hold Planned Parenthood accountable, but our uh, institutions of higher education, taxpayer-funded public universities, are performing abortions in satellite facilities and, and providing fetal tissue to their own scientists as well as exporting it around the world. The University of Washington and the University of Maryland are the largest aborted fetal tissue suppliers in the world. Well, I wanted to give you, and, and this will be our last question because we've taken a lot of your time and we really appreciate it. I wanted to just give you any time you know, to, to discuss your work through Sound Choice Pharmaceutical Institute or AVM Biotech. If there's anything that you wanted to share, maybe that you guys are working on, you know, we'd, lo- we'd love to hear it. Um, absolutely. There's a lot of excitement. We uh, have a drug uh, that um, we are about to start human clinical trials. We are in the process of early course clinical trials, and we want to bring this into uh, human clinical trials. And this is a drug that makes adult stem cells work their best. So adult stem cells are very exciting, very promising, and we just want to make sure that you know, as close to 100% of the people who get stem cells get a benefit, and we want them to get the most effect possible. So our drug enhances the activity of adult stem cells, and it's very, it's very, very exciting. We are also working on uh, new human cell lines that are morally made, no one was harmed or exploited in any process to replace the cells from aborted babies that are used to make many childhood vaccines and some biologic drugs. And those fetal cell lines are also associated with some horrible epidemic childhood diseases. Hmm. So not only do we want to put morals back in manufacturing, but we want to reduce those epidemic childhood diseases back to the low, low numbers they were before they started using the aborted baby cells to make vaccines. Well, listen, doctor, we really appreciate uh, you coming on. We'd love to have you back again. I'm sure this is going to be a topic we're talking about for quite some time to, mm-hmm. to come. And uh, is there, are there any links that we can forward people to, to, to your websites that you want people to, to visit and have some information on? Absolutely. They can go to 
foundchoice.org. Very good. And we'll make sure we link out to that site as well. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you for covering this. God bless you. Hope the outrage does not die down. But I tell you, unless we have alternatives, our leaders will not do anything about this. Not our church leaders and not our elected officials. I've been running this wall for eight years. They, you know, won't do anything until we have alternatives. Church Boy.